upon your face And these are the moments I thank God that I'm alive And these are the moments I remember all my life I found all I've waited for And I could not ask for more Looking in your eyes, seeing all I need Everything you are, is everything to me and These are the moments I know heaven must exist and These are the moments I know all I need is this I have all I've waited for yeah. And I could not ask for more
Come on, let's give them all a big hand. Hey! Praise God. Hallelujah. First thing my son said when he saw that video, he says, boy, marriage hasn't been good on all of them. <laughs> but y'all just say, yes, it has. Amen? It, yes, it has. Excuse me? Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the Everett's, they've been married 51 years, and I tell you, 50, almost 51 in a month, right? No? Oh, it'll be 50. Okay, I'm sorry, my mistake. But, but 50, hey, 50 still. And I tell you, one thing, I've been known the Everett's for over nine years, and I've always loved the way he looked. That man still looks at his wife. He still has it. And I love the way she says his name. Nobody can say David like Nita can say David. <laughs> but she says it so good, and he, the way he says Nita. And uh, you can tell when somebody says a mate's name in love. Nobody else can say their name like they can. And there's other couples you hear. And Brother Ray's sister, uh, uh, Carolyn, aren't here today. But how many know you don't ever have to lose it? They've been married 49 years, and... You go over there, she's still wearing short pants, and Brother Ray, he's so funny, he'll go, I love the way when he says, she's hot. <laughs> he uses the word hot. So I've done told everybody, be careful when you go knocking at their door. <laughs> but listen, if, if, you, if we weren't able to get your pictures before, send us your pictures and we're going to make another video, because we want to celebrate you, whether it's been a year or where there's been 50 years. We want to celebrate you because we're excited. We believe not only in first chances, but we believe in second chances. And for some, third chances. Some, fourth and fifth chances. And there's some going on number six chance, but hey, you're not a quitter, are you? Praise God. <laughs> and so I'm going to try to give you something during these messages Growing to the chapel. How many of you remember that old song, going to the chapel and we're going to get married? Well, I want to talk about growing in the chapel. Because you could try to grow in any other way, but if you don't grow together in church, you don't go, grow together in your life in the Lord, it's going to be hard to get to where you need to go. But I had this wedding yesterday. It was a 25th wedding anniversary wedding, and, and, and uh, I shared this over there. And I just want to do this with you. I, I had it both in mind when I wrote this. And uh, I want to take you back to memory lane, and I just want the couples, I just want you to think of these things, and, and you're free to talk at this moment about these things as I bring you down memory lane, but I want to ask you, do you remember the first time you held hands with your mate? Do you remember the first time you held hands? Do you remember the first kiss? Anybody, you still remember your first kiss? Huh? Remember the first kiss? How about your wedding day? You still remember the wedding day? I hope you weren't too drunk. I hope you do remember your wedding day. How about your first home? You remember when you got your first home? Whether it was rental or you went to buy it, you remember your first home? How about the first crisis? Do you remember the first crisis? you remember how you handled it? Remember how it went? But yet it made you? You went through it? How about do you remember when your first child and when your children came? Do you remember that day? And do you remember your first memorial vacation where you swore you'd never go on another one? But those are memories that you think about and you remember.
I know I remember when I was thinking about these things, I remember uh, our first kiss. Uh, we met at a youth thing uh, at uh, June 18th, 1979. And uh, she let me know she liked me. I mean, I could tell she was flirting with me left and right. Because I was, I was nervous and scared, and she was doing everything to let me know she liked me. So I was getting a little bit of confidence there. So we sat by the swing, finally. We sat on the swing, and we were swinging. And, uh, you know, she's from Baton Rouge at that moment, and I was country. And we're swinging, and she goes, uh, how do country boys kiss? And fast like I am, I said, how about I show you? And she acted all shy and turned her head and all that. And so that got me the confidence to kind of do that, you know. But it was June, and the June bugs were out. And she thought it was a bug that got in her hair, and she started beating my arm. And she was getting a beating my arm, and she got off the swing, and I thought, oh, Lord, I blew it and everything. But then she realized it was my arm and settled down, and she found out how a country boy kisses. And once you go country, you don't go back. She never... <laughs> she got into John Denver and all that good stuff. Thank God, no, she didn't, know. But, uh, but it's good memories. And it's things you don't ever want to forget about. You forget about the little things. I, my aunt called me in the house and told me to change my socks before, about an hour before I got married because I had red tube socks on and my white tux and the red stripes were showing it. She said, Russ, go change your socks. Why? I wear two socks all the time. Up to right here, the higher the better. But it's good memories. And God wants you to be happy. But how many of you know if you're trying to build it on feelings alone, you're not going to last? I read this in a book on leadership, and it said, it's those few who keep going. Listen to this. This is for leadership, but I changed it for marriage. It's those few who keep going regardless of the obstacles and who aspire to become what God planned for them to be. More than conquerors in your relationship. And that's what we want to talk to you about today, about being more than conquerors in your relationship. And so we want to talk about a few things here uh, that I, I want to get to before it gets too late. But how many of you know, one thing I want to share with you, and I'm going to be sharing a lot of things for singles. So if you singles, you're not going to feel out of place because really the message is going to start going more towards you than even the married couples. So I don't want you, I don't want you to think, well, I feel out of place. Don't. One of the things I want to share with you, and this is for everybody before we get into some scriptures here. Everywhere you look, on Facebook or in the paper, on TV, Obama is pushing, it says, wants dads to go back to get a better education, mama to go back to get a better education. Right now, it seems like the government's really pushing everybody to go back to get a greater education. And when you think about all the time a doctor puts in to be a doctor or a lawyer puts in to be a lawyer or whatever profession somebody wants to be, and they put a lot of thought into what they want to be. And then, you know, but I started thinking, you know, they build their education, and this word's going to come out in our studies later on, but the Bible uses the word for us to study one another when you're married, to study your mate. And, you know, we get prepared for everything else in life that we want to do for the rest of our life except for marriage. When you find somebody who are dating, usually they don't want to go through counseling. They just want to do what they want to do. They don't get books and tapes. They don't go to conferences. They don't try to get involved in stuff like that. And just to show you the importance of education and what people are interested in, I could go to most people's houses here today. 
And I could go check out your magazine rack. And I'll find magazines on bows, on fishing, on hunting, on interior decorating, and on people. But I bet I won't find very many magazines on how to build a lasting relationship and love. Our emphasis many times is on hobbies. And we have the idea, well, you know, we're just going to let marriage take care of itself. It'll fix itself. It won't fix itself. If it's hurting now, it's going to still be hurting next year, and it'll be hurting even more. So what we want to do is we want to build these relationships, and we want to fix them. And there's a few scriptures I want to share with you today. Proverbs 12, 15. Listen to this. Fools are headstrong and do what they like. Wise people take advice. One of the things I want to share with you this scripture, and then I have another one. If you're going through problems, you'll spend money on anything else, but will you spend money on counseling? When you spend money on getting materials to try to find out how to communicate and how to know one another more. But we get headstrong, and, 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 and it's amazing. I've, I've been raised in church all my life. I've been a minister since 1981. And it's amazing, and my heart breaks as I was thinking about the couple's I called in my room in the office, and I would say, listen, please don't get married. And I would tell them, y'all already having sex? And they'd go, yeah. Man, you don't want to start it off that way. You want to wait. All good things come to those who wait. You're already having sex. And they said, yeah. I said, listen, these guys, this has happened, that has happened. You don't want to get married. And I can't tell you the numbers of them I've told. You better not. And they get married, and they come up to me, or they tell me later on, you told me, Pastor. And I don't rub it in. I cry with them. Because when you're in love, you're in love. And God could tell you no, and you're still going to do it many times. Because we get headstrong. And you know, Monday, uh, Brandon had a project. And he had to find, one of the projects was he had to find a, 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 a recipe with a picture from Aruba. And my wife and I and him, we spent three hours trying to find a picture of a recipe and a picture in Aruba. And it was this project that was driving us crazy. Finally, after three and a half hours, he said, you know what? I'm going to take the recipe. I'm going to bake the cake, and then we'll take a picture of it. So, I mean, we got to hold that project. Like a good mom, she made that cake, and we got together, and we chopped nuts, and we got all that together and made that cake. And, uh, but, you know, a lot of people take on a, a person as a project. You don't know if God's get, hooking you up with that person. You look at that person as a project and you say, you know what? I see this right now. Pastor, I see that. You know what? I'm going to change her. I'm going to change him. He's not saved right now, Pastor, but don't you worry because I'm such a strong Christian that I'm going to win him to the Lord. That's one of the reasons. I've heard this thousands of times. That's one of the reasons why God wants me to marry this person is because I'm going to win him to the Lord. And the Bible says, no, they'll win you to the devil. You can't take on, if you're in love, if you feel like you're in your love, if you're dating somebody, they're not your project. They're not your project. Married couples, your husband, your wife is not your project. Well, I'm going to change her. Yeah, try. I've been bitten more than once. I'm going to change him. Yeah, you try to change him. Only growing in the chapel, growing in the spirit is going to have, only God can change him and change her. Things may change a little bit, but you're not going to change a whole lot. But God can do a work deep down in the spirit. 
goes on to say in Proverbs. Fifteen twenty-two, refuse good advice and watch your plans fail. Take good counsel and watch them succeed. Take good advice. Today, if you're dating somebody or you've been dating someone, listen to the advice that the advice that we have to give you today to try to help you, encourage you to do things God way, God's ways and not our own ways. I want to show you this other scripture. It says in First Corinthians four. It says, is it possible that there isn't one level-headed person among you who can make fair decisions when disagreements and disputes come up? I don't believe it. And here, and here you are taking each other to court before people who don't even believe in God. Boy, that's true, huh? The church has just as much divorce as the world does. You're taking people to court who don't even believe in God. How can they render justice if they don't believe in God, in the God of justice? Verse 7. These court cases are an ugly blot on your community. Wouldn't it be far better to just take it? To let yourselves be wronged and forget it? All you are doing is providing fuel for more wrong, more injustice, bringing more hurt to people of their own spiritual family. Just let that deep down. Just let these scriptures sink down. Lord, is there an area in my life that I'm headstrong and I'm just determined that I am going to do what I'm going to do? I'm in love with this person. And I've got to have this person. You know, when you listen to the, love, the young people today, the word love is such a simple word. You hear young people say, I love you. 13, 14 years old, I love you. I've heard my, my boys say that a few times, and, and my mom and them say, don't use that word. So, my, her, their mom and I would tell them, don't use that word so lightly. Don't use that word so lightly. Well, I love you too. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. And sure enough, next day, I've already found somebody else. Listen. Learn. Mature, grow, because you know what makes a marriage last long? Doing it right the first time. Now, if you got married the second time, you've done it right. I know there's people here who've gotten married the second time, and, and God sent you that precious mate. But do it right the first time. Amen. Now, look at this. It says in Matthew 7, 1 through 3, it says, Don't condemn others, and God won't condemn you. God will be as hard, listen to this, God will be as hard on you as you are on your mates, others. He will treat you exactly as you treat them. You can see the speck in your wife's or husband's eye, but you don't notice the log in your own. This applies to marriage. How can I have a strong marriage when I'm always pointing out their problems and I'm not looking at my own? Even when there's a moral failure, even when there's something that seems to be wrong in the marriage, almost all the time, it's, it's the fault of two of them. I'm going to be talking to the, to the singles here in a moment, but I want to tell the married couple something. You wonder why your husband is having trouble or your wife is finding someone else out when it's kind of like that sea captain. You've got your husband living on sea rations. You get three cups of carter and a piece of bread a month. You hear me? I'm just tired. Well, we're all tired. 
take a BC powder and come back strong. <laughs> but you got your mate living on sea rations. One, you, you, you can't do a good job living on sea rations. So you got to think of these different things. You got to learn to love. You, you got to learn to investigate. You got to learn to study. You got to learn to know the different needs of each other. So you can heal and secure and make that area strong. Now look at this. James 4.1. Where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Where do you think they come from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. I love this in the message translation. We, Pastor, we don't even know where these problems came from. I bet you spent an hour and we can help you find out where they came from. Where did this come from? Where did this problem come from? It just didn't come out of nowhere. It says, think again. They come about because you want your own way and fight for it deep inside yourselves. Is that good? Is that good? I'm not getting very many amens, but I know I'm getting them from heaven, so that's okay. Inside yourself, you're keeping it bald inside. Man, I'm tired of this. Man, I've had enough of her. Oh, I'm going to give her a piece of my mind. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'm just not getting what I want. And they come up from on the inside and they fight and they battle. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves in compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgives you. Amen. Now I want to talk to, to, to the married, but I want to talk to the singles and the young people and the teens too. There's a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that says, What good does the body of Christ belong to the body of Belial? Belial in the Greek spoke of Satan, but it also speaks and it means the word worthless. It means worthless. And non-productive. It speaks of a person who has no rules, no accountability, who's going nowhere and is not teachable. Think about that when you're looking for a mate. Non-productive. No rules. No accountability. Not knowing where they go. Not knowing how to get there. Listen, when you partner up with somebody, you're supposed to be given to somebody to make each other and provide each other with a better way of living and a better dream, way to reach their dream and become a better person. But a belial means a person who is worthless and non-productive. Just watch what and listen to what their dreams are. Don't fall in love with the outward appearance and with what they tell you out of their mouth. Look at the fruit of their life. Because you may just be falling in with somebody who's going to be non-productive for the rest of their life and you're going to be miserable. And you're going to take it out on him. You're going to take it out on the kids. You're going to take it on different people. But the Bible says you're not going to be productive as long as you're, you join yourself to a non-productive person. A person who's not interested in where they're going, what they're doing. And listen to this. Write this down. This is a general rule. Write this down. All your teens and singles, remember this. It's amazing. Jake spoke about honor Wednesday night, and we had no idea that we we're going to be speaking along the same lines. But listen, listen, if you're dating somebody, and I mean this before God, if you're dating somebody or you're in love with somebody, or you're going to fall in love with somebody, this is a rule right here. If they don't honor God, they're not going to honor you. You need to sit down with them and you say, listen, in this relationship, we're going to honor God. There'll be no tonsil bowling. 
That's another way of saying French kissing. <laughs> There'll be no riding around in the dark. There'll be no putting no legs on top of somebody's legs or getting in between the legs while you're laying down. If they don't honor God who sees everything, they won't honor you. And just because they bought you a box of chocolates. <laughs> marriage is like a box of chocolates. Once you eat them all, they're all gone. <laughs> just because they bought you a box of chocolates, that, you don't owe them nothing. Just because they take you out to eat, you don't owe them nothing. And you need to know right away, you need to make this a rule of your heart. If they don't honor God in the dating, they won't honor God in the marriage. And you're going to be married to an unproductive person. And you will never go nowhere in your life. That's good advice. That's a general rule. If they do not honor God when you're dating them, you need to break it off. It means they're messed up and they don't have any priorities. You know how they say opposites attract? Let me tell you something. Opposites attack. <laughs> you put a dog and a cat together, you're going to have a fight. You put a productive person and an unproductive person, you're going to have a fight. You put a believer who wants to love the Lord and go to church and one who doesn't want to, you're going to have a fight. Opposites attract, opposites attack. You can take it to the bank. Amen. Now, I know people, I know some people are thinking right now, well, then you're giving me an excuse right now to leave my husband because he don't honor God. No, no, no. You done made a covenant, girl. You're stuck. Well, I didn't have this advice when I was young. Well, then you ought to be the biggest preacher about it now that you're old. You ought to be telling, no, baby, you, you do not want to go out with a young man like that because that's how your daddy was. That's how your mama was. If they don't honor God now, they're not going to honor God then. Listen to me. You need to write this down. Honor God in who you date and how you date them. Honor God in who you date and how you date them. I'm going to give you some more general rules here in a minute. If you honor God now, listen. You may be in love with this person, but listen. I'm trying to save you some pain. If you go ahead and go through with this person and you know it's wrong and you know you have not done something right, and, it's a, and, and I'm telling you right now, it's amazing how many couples that do things they shouldn't do before they get married, and then after they're married, the honor is not there, the love and respect's not there, and the marriage isn't strong. Now, it can get strong. Nothing, God can heal everything, and God wants to heal marriages today. And I'm not preaching this to condemn or point the finger at anybody, but I'm preaching to the young people right now and to the singles. I'm trying to tell you, if you honor God, and I'm going to show you, it's in the Word. It's in the Word of God. If you honor God with your bodies, and you honor God in the way you date, and you honor God the way you, you touch, the way you kiss, the way you speak, the way you talk, the way you write, you honor God in the way you date... God will honor you in your marriage. You honor God, God will honor you. That person you're dating honors God. God will honor him or God will honor her. Now, I want to show and I want to share these things with you here today. Psalms 25.3, I want you to write this down because 
I read on Facebook, and I know I hear all the time, well, I just don't want to go to church. Some aren't even here today. I don't want to go to church today because I just don't want to hear about that love stuff because I'm alone and I feel lonely. Well, this is to, this, I'm giving you a good advice, and, and Sister Kay would give you the same advice. She waited, and I'm talking about waiting. She waited 14 years. Bob must be a perfect man. She waited for 14 years, and this couple are crazy in love. But she waited, and it says in Psalms 25, 3, Yes, let none who trust and wait hopefully look for you, be put to shame, or be disappointed. Listen, if you wait for the right one, if you wait for the right time, if you honor God in your relationship, you won't be disappointed. You hear? Look at this. Psalms 25.5, guide me in your truth and faithfulness and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you, you only, and all together do I wait expectantly all the day long. Look at verse 9 here, 21. Preserve me, for I wait. Say that with me. I wait for and expect you. Amen. Look at this. It says, but if we hope for what is still unseen by us, we wait for it. Somebody say with me, wait for it. Wait for it with patience. Let me give you a few more scriptures. Psalms 27, 14. Wait on the Lord and be of good cheer. Psalms 37, 7. Wait patiently for him. Verse 34. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. Acts 1, 4. Wait for the promise of the Father. Psalms 106, 13, they waited not for his counsel. You wait for the Lord. And if you wait for him, all good things will come. And it goes on, you can read this later, Galatians 6, 9. And let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint and acting nobly and doing right. Doing right, doing right. Not going to bed with that guy just because he gives you an engagement ring. Not giving in just because they sweet talk you. And if you ever have some idiot, as some people like dating idiots, and if you like dating idiots, then you go ahead and date idiots, but I'm giving you counsel about what will make it to the end. If somebody comes to you and says, I can service you, you slap them. You slap them. I know you're lonely and you don't have a man, so I'm going to service you. I'll service you to where you'll never service again. You hear me, church? I'll take care of you, baby. Don't worry. I ain't your baby, and you ain't touching me. Amen. The Bible says wait. Everybody say that with me. Wait. Wait. You see, when, uh, before I met my wife, I was two, and uh, no... When I was 14, 15, I was dating this girl who, whose name was, oh, never mind, I ain't gonna say her name, this is internet. Anyway, I, I, was, I was dating this girl, and uh, she was a nice Christian girl, danced, raised her hand, all that good stuff, and she went crazy, and I had to throw her off and pray for her. And I had to, no, it's true, I won't go into the details, but anyway, uh, I was determined. I was saving myself for the right one, I was gonna wait. And there was opportunities, but this girl, I prayed for her, I broke it off. And we were living in Ville Platte. I went walked underneath the trees. We had a winding driveway. And I walked and I said, Lord, I'm through with this stuff. 
I'm not going to date again until you send me the right one because you promised me the right one. And my parents have prayed for the right one all of my life. And I make a vow that I'm not going through this again until I meet the right one because that's the one I'm going to know. You know, it wasn't a few weeks later I met Cindy. And I believe it's because I was determined I was going to wait and not fall into that type of sin that at a young age God sent me my wife that just drove me. She drives me crazy and still drives me crazy in the right ways. And if you wait, I'm telling you, if you wait, it'll be perfect. You won't have all these memories and soul ties and things you got to get rid of. And the Bible keeps saying over and over again to wait. Because if you wait and don't lose heart, don't quit, don't give in. 2 Thessalonians 3.13. And as you, brethren, do not become weary or lose heart in doing right but continue in well-doing without weakening. Write that down, singles. Continue well-doing without weakening. If somebody causes you to get weak in the knees and, and you feel like you might, don't go out that night. Call in sick. If you feel like you might have a temptation to get in, give in to that night or go on that date or go on that weekend, let's go on a weekend and I'll sleep on the couch and you can have the room. But let's go to Florida. Yeah, and the devil is a liar. You're going to sleep on the couch, and he's, he's going to sleep on the couch, and you're going to sleep in the room, and there's one bathroom, and y'all got to eat at the table. But I'm, I love you, and I'm a godly man, and we're not going to have no problem. The devil is a liar. Why can't you invite her mama? You saw that picture of me and Sandy there in that car? It's because my mom and daddy in the back seat with a camera. <laughs> and my daddy, boy, he'd speak up too. We'd be going on a date, and my daddy would say, son, both hands on the wheel. My dad said that, oh, huh, babe? Over and over again, son, both hands on the wheel. Dad, I can do it. I said, both hands on the wheel. Oh, yeah. But I thank God for a mom and a dad like that. And you can be a mom and dad like that. And they may think you hard and old-fashioned and old school, but you know what? No unexpected grandchildren coming up either. Amen. Without weakening. Look at this. God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Listen, teenagers, singles, that's even technical sex. Well, it's really not sex. All we did was touch. It's sin. We're sending pictures, so that's not, it's, it's sin. But we really love each other, so, you know, we're sharing what we look like. It's sin. Technical, whatever, it's sin. It says, stay away from all sexual sin, that each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and what? Honor. Honor. Not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God or his ways. God has called us to live holy, not in pure lives. It is written. The handwriting's on the wall. Holy, not impure lives. Amen. That means no playing doctor or none of those other things. Amen. Look at this now. Romans 6.13. Do not let any part of your body. Look at this clearly, church. Look at this. This is the word of holy God. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil. To serve sin. 
Instead, give yourselves completely, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body for an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Say, my whole body. My whole body to do what is right for the glory of God. Amen? Honor the standards of God. Right now, you can become a student of godly relationships. Seek mentor. Pray for your future spouse every day. Grow in the knowledge of God, but seek what is right. Now, I want to give you a scripture here, especially the young ladies. Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 12. I want you to see this. You are my private garden. My, my private garden. My treasure, my bride, a secluded spring, a hidden fountain. Your body is yours. Your body is yours, men and women. Your bodies are yours. It's not to give or not to show or not to partake of anybody else's. She's my garden, and I got a machete to prove. And it's got blood already on it. No, it doesn't. But she's my garden. She's my secluded treasure private place. She's mine, and I'm hers. This next scripture, look what it says. But my vineyard is mine to give. You lose your virginity. You've lost something of honor because somebody sweet-talked you, fed you a line, led you astray. The blood of Jesus wants to cleanse you today. He wants to wipe away all the stains. But he also said, I want to give you good, strong, sound advice that your body's yours. Ain't nobody going to take it away from you unless you give it to them. Amen. It's yours. Say it's mine. It's my vineyard. How many know, ladies, you need to keep a switchblade on you? I believe in switchblades. I believe in mace. I believe in having mama in the back seat. How many of you know you're not supposed to open Christmas till Christmas? I tell you what. You don't touch something that's sacred and holy and given by God as a gift. Before you, not just, it's not beyond they put a ring on it. It's after you get the second ring on it. Just because you get engaged, listen, I'm telling you something. Just because you're engaged, that doesn't give you the room or the place to already check out the goods. It's when you have that second ring. That's what's important. Amen. Now, some people say, why are you talking this way? Well, let me just share I hear too much now that I'm old enough to be some of y'all's daddy. Everybody writes me, I'm old enough to be your daddy, so I'm going to be your daddy because some of y'all didn't have a daddy to tell you. Some of y'all didn't have a mama to tell you. So I'm telling you, whatever age group you are, and just because you're older doesn't mean you can, you can travel out and practice and play around. Sin is sin to all ages of accountability. And now I want to share something really really serious with you as I get ready to end tonight to this morning in this picture this is a lady they didn't want to show this in the newspapers because they said it was too sad but this lady was married to a marine who got killed by a bomb in Iraq and you can see that marine soldier standing up guarding the body of his buddy who was killed in Iraq this man his wife her name was Kathy he was a sergeant major 
he got killed in Iraq by a bomb and they brought his body back and she said she couldn't leave his body that night. They were going to bury him the next day. She couldn't stand. They were going to get married by the church when he got back, but they did get married by the justice of the peace before he went. And she says, I can't leave his side tonight. And she laid on the floor and the Marine went and bought her that air mattress and that sheet. And what she's doing with her computer is that her and her husband had downloaded all the songs they wanted to play for their wedding. And all night long they sat, she laid there by her husband's casket. Listening to the songs they were going to play at their wedding. And she was saying, I hate the nighttime. I want to tell the married couple something today. We have to live each day like it's our last. We can't afford to take our mates for granted because you never know when somebody's going to go. And we get mad at so many petty things. And this lady, you hear widows saying, I, I wish I even had my husband to fight with. I wish I had a hus- my husband just to hear him snoring and I used to complain about it and I wouldn't complain about it if I could have him back again. I want to encourage you all today on this Valentine's Day. Life is too precious and it's a vapor. It's here now and it's gone tomorrow. Life is too precious and too short for us to spend our time fighting and bickering and and not falling deeper in love with each other. The other day, Cody and I were riding and, and we were talking about some things. And I said, you know, son, I said, do you know you've had your mother three years more than I had mine? And he just shook his head. He couldn't believe it. Every day is a gift from God. Every moment, just to take a moment and just glance at your mate and look and say, thank God, I've had another day. Thank God for another year. Because you don't know when they're going to go. But when they go, I want to have a peace of mind. You want to have a peace of mind. I loved them to death. I loved him all the days of my life. And with that, honey, would you come up here? I want all the married couples, if you would please stand. I want to do something a little special with you today. Let me, let me read this poem, and then we're going to do a vowel of rings. Listen to this poem, please. This is the hand on which I placed a golden wedding ring. The hand in which I placed my life, my love, my everything. This is the hand that gave me strength to help me through the years. The hand that touched me tenderly and wiped away the tears. This is the hand that held our child. The hand that soothes away the pain. This is the hand that pointed out the way our child should go. The hand that gently led the way. To make love grow. This is the hand, the only hand that I will ever hold. The hand that I will hold is mine as all the years unfold. This is the hand that wears my ring in happiness and pride. Now hold your wife's ring and men repeat after me. Once again, Receive this ring, which you gave me as a symbol of our wedding vows.
I promise that I will always gratefully and proudly wear it. I assure you that I possess and all that I am continue to be belongs to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, ladies, you hold your husband's ring and you repeat after my wife. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. As I once again... As I once again receive this ring which you gave me as a symbol of our wedding vows. And you can say how many years that is, 27 years ago. I promise that I will always gratefully and proudly wear it. I assure you that all I possess and all I am continue to belong to you in the name of our Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let me pray over you now. Now, Father, I ask you to renew and continue to bless this home. And may their children and children's children be a blessing to them forever as the heritage of the Lord. We praise you that the gates of hell cannot prevail against such a committed love built upon Jesus Christ, the foundation of this home. You've heard these vows, and may every promise be secured by you in heaven and on earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, husbands and wives, as we have said these vows today, once again, I pronounce you husband and wife. And husbands, you may kiss your bride. Oh, ours has noise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, would everybody please stand? We're going to pray for the, all, the, all the single ladies in the church today. <laughs> Lord bless them with a good mate. But listen, what I told you today, it's worth its weight in gold, and it's about your future. And it's wisdom that will help you stand. Now, I want every head bowed and every eyes closed. You saw the picture of this widow, of this Marine. They had their hopes and dreams for the future, and it was cut short. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you this opportunity to accept him into your heart and receive the forgiveness of sins and newness of life. If you're here today and you've accepted him, but you're not living for him, and you'd like to rededicate your life to him, I want you to raise your hand right now and say, I want to give my life to Jesus, and I need to give my life over to him. I have not been living right. Anybody at all? I've not been living right, and I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. A hand right over here. Right over here. Someone else. Anyone else today? Raise your hand real high so we can see it. Anyone? Anyone at all? I need mercy. I need mercy. I need forgiveness of my sins. I need a new way to live. Anyone at all? Maybe you, maybe you just need to come to the altar and just... Speak to God about some things in your life that shouldn't be. Maybe you feel like you have failed in some areas. It doesn't have to necessarily be sexual. All sin is sin. And we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But how we need the grace and the mercy of our Father. I want to open the altar. Right there where you are. Open your heart to God. 
But if you raised your hand to receive Jesus and forgiveness of sins today, I want to invite you to come up here and let us pray with you. I believe there was those two hands that raised their hands. Would you come and let us pray with you? Please come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. Anyone else? Anyone else? You need to come. Give your life, brought life over to Jesus. Anyone else? Anyone at all? Come. 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 There was some in the back who raised their hands. Would you come? Come. Come. Let us pray the prayer with you. The prayer that will make you whole. The prayer that will save you and rescue you. The heart of our Redeemer for your life. Anyone at all? Would you come now? Church, all together, pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you loved me so much. You gave your son as a sacrifice, the payment to pay my penalty of all my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross, shedding your precious blood to wash me and to cleanse me today. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and to be my Savior. And I thank you, Father. I am your child. I am born again. I am saved. I am forgiven. I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and give the Lord praise. Praise Him. Praise Him. Go ahead and give Him praise. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you, brother. Hallelujah. Listen, we love you. We bless you. We thank God for you. And we thank God tonight. Listen, I'm going to be talking about how to live as a redeemed child of God. So I want to invite you back tonight at 6 o'clock. We love you and we bless you. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just thank you for this wonderful atmosphere of love. And God, just this word that you have challenged our lives and our hearts with. Lord, I pray that everyone today, Lord, just leaves this place totally changed lord god and just renewed in their hearts and their minds i thank you for bringing relationships together lord god not just with husbands and wives lord but with us and you jesus that homes are coming together restoration and unions are coming together stronger than ever before we thank you lord we bless your name jesus amen